Friday night. All calls welcome. Friday night calls on the Black and Abdallah show. And it's sponsored by Tito's Handmade Vodka. Tito's Handmade Vodka distilled and bottled in Austin, Texas. 40% alcohol by volume, namely 80 proof, crafted to be savored responsibly. Abdallah, Friday night's our favorite night of the week. We take your phone calls. They're all welcome. Friday night calls. All calls welcome. And we will talk about anything. We're obviously going to talk a lot of football, a lot of Bears football as we get ready for the Bears and the Packers. Week 18, the game is on Sunday. And Abdallah, from the injury report today, there are two notable items that I think are a concern to Bears fans. If, if you're hoping the Bears go to Green Bay and win this game, get the eighth win of the season for Fields and Eberflus and this group, I think the concern would be the secondary. Jalen Johnson did not practice today. He's listed as doubtful for the game with a shoulder injury. And then Kyler Gordon was added to the injury report today. He did not practice With a calf injury, he's listed as questionable for Sunday's game. Two major players in the Bears secondary that that secondary group win healthy this year. They've they've played really well. Yeah, I think that's kind of a a big problem, too, because this is the 10th ranked offense you're facing on Sunday in the Packers. They're 10th in offensive DVOA. Uh, it, it, It happens for Jordan Love when he's able to make throws downfield, right? When he's been able to have time to throw, which the Bears off defense has been able to get pressure on quarterbacks since Montez Sweat has been added to the team. Uh, they're able to turn the ball over as a result of that pressure, but not having Jalen Johnson, who is right now statistically, according to Pro Football Focus, the best cover corner in the NFL. Uh, so right now, like that's a, that would be a huge loss. Now, he did say... He was going to play. He did say it. That's been going around, but we've heard that before. You and I have heard that from defensive players on that secondary before. We have we? That they were guaranteeing that they would play. Are you talking uh, about earlier this season? It turns out uh, Eddie Jackson did not play that weekend. When he told us to our face that he was absolutely going to play, and then he didn't make the trip. And then he didn't make the trip. So, yeah, so it'd be... Did uh, not play? Obviously, it would be good. I think that he solidified himself as a... um, a contract that needs to be re-signed, right? Like, you should be signing Jalen Johnson for next year to be a part of this defense. And I think that – I don't think he needs to necessarily play to, to, war, to you know, extend that. I don't think they're like, oh, well, he didn't play against the Packers. I don't know. Like, he solidified himself as a top corner this year in the NFL. Um, and so get a deal done for him in the offseason. But as far as specifically Sunday goes, it would be a huge loss to not have Jalen Johnson or Kyler Gordon out there. The Packers injury report has about 100 players on it. Yes. I know there's not that many players on the team, but there's a lot of players who are listed as questionable or doubtful heading into the game for the Packers. Uh, A.J. Dillon, the running back, his list is out. He didn't practice this week. He will not play. Outside of that, we'll have to find out on Sunday morning uh, when you and I are here from 11 to 1, uh, getting you ready for Bears and Packers. We'll we'll find out who is uh, on the field early. We'll find out the inactives as the day goes on. And in the pregame show with Sylvie Dion and Lance, they'll let you know the inactives. But that's kind of where we stand. Uh, Darnell Mooney for the Bears, he's out with a concussion. He did not practice the entire week. DJ Moore practiced in full today. So that ankle injury seems to be A-OK, and he's going to uh, play. I would imagine with DJ Moore, Heading into a weekend, if he's listed as questionable he's or anything, he, he's a gamer. He's, he's a guy that's going to be out there. He, he's been awesome this year. But So for the Bears secondary, and, and I think that's an important piece to kind of keep your eyes on because if you expect the Bears to win this game, I don't think that many people think that the way the Bears are going to win this game is on the arm, the shoulder, and the quarterbacking of Justin Fields. Like I think if people think the Bears are going to win this game, it's going to be because the defense shows up. 
and they limit that Packers offense to maybe one or two scores. They keep the Packers under 20 points, and they're sitting there in an opportune situation where the Bears offense just has to do enough to win a game. I think it would be it would be naive to expect Justin Fields to roll in, into Green Bay and have a fantastic game, a better game than what we saw against the Falcons last week. You know, the, the Falcons game was essentially his best played game as a quarterback. Mm-hmm. He was fantastic. He used his legs some. He threw the football in tight spots. He, he was able to go down the football field and find DJ Moore for, a, for more than a couple of long connections. And so, like, if the Bears are going to win this game, it has to be from the defensive side. And that means if in the secondary you're dealing with injuries, with Gordon and with Johnson, we're going to have to look at the linebacker group who have, they've had a great year this year. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be Montez Sweat and those guys up front. They're going to have to do damage and get to Jordan Love. That's the way this game is going to be won, is the Bears defense is going to have to control this game. Pretend I have a highlighter in my hand right now. I see the highlighter. Not, not, so, fr- so, not so fast, my friends. Okay. All right, okay. Lee Corso. Let me, t- I, I let me ask you this. Answer these questions for me, yes or no. Who's did, head are you going to put on at the end of the show? The uh, Bears. Okay. Uh, d- did he have a decent game against the Cardinals? Who? Justin Fields. He was okay. Okay. The uh, Commanders. He had, a, he had a very nice game against the Commanders. Broncos, aside from the end of the game. The fumble at the end that, lost, that cost him that, the game. Aside from that. He, play, he, he played well for three quarters against the Broncos. Okay. The Falcons. Yeah. The Falcons is best game. All of those teams are 20th or lower in defensive DVOA. And I ask you this, Chris Black. Okay. Where do you think the Green Bay Packers rank in defensive DVOA? <sighs> I'm guessing because you're setting this up with some form of drama to this point, I'm going to say they're somewhere in the 20s. 28th. All right, that's not good. 28th. So there are opportunities. I understand that they beat a Vikings team and held them, but that was two backup quarterbacks. You had a backup, then you had a backup to the backup play in in two halves of that game. So I would say that there are opportunities for Justin Fields, for DJ Moore, for Tyler Scott, for Cole Komet, for guys that are going to be out there. There is an opportunity for this Bears team to actually move the ball offensively and actually for Justin Fields to have some success because this Packers defense is not good. The talk from the Packers. You heard Mark Tauscher talk about it with Waddle and Sylvie earlier. There is going to be a change at defensive coordinator by the Packers at the end of the season. This Packers defense is hot garbage. Justin Fields should have a good game. Now it's going to be, I think it's more, there's more pressure on the defense to stop Jordan Love because they have a much better offense than they do defense. I can see that. Yeah. And and I think that's where if the Bears can limit Jordan Love in the offense, then how you paint that picture where the Bears offense should have success and Justin Fields should have a good game, then I think the opportunity is absolutely there for the Bears win. And, and I think that that's what's going to take place. And I think that's as we shape this entire conversation into the weekend, it's really fascinating how all of our thoughts that we had in the summer heading into this football season, they essentially are all on the table still. There's very few people that I can recall from throughout the summer that were suggesting that this Bears team was a solidified playoff team. Yurko did, but that's about it. Yeah, but, but yeah, okay, that, that's that's a, that's one. It's one, but there, there weren't really many no. who expected that no. from the Bears. There uh-huh. were more suggesting that they would be a five, six-win team yeah. than there would be a playoff team. So I, I think what the point of that is Las Vegas had the over-under set at seven and a half. The Bears are sitting at seven. 
this final game, they now have an opportunity to go over the number, which is over the expectation that was set heading into the season. Has this season been a success? Not really. But it hasn't necessarily been a failure either. And I think that's where I'm settling in as we head into this weekend that like it really is all on the table. If they go up to Green Bay and they play a great football game defensively, lights out, and Justin Fields looks good, and the Bears win by a margin of a couple of touchdowns, then I would say this was a pretty successful season. If they go up there and they get blown out, and Jordan Love looks fantastic, throws for four touchdowns, doesn't get touched all day, and and the Bears' offense looks like a disaster, then I think you lean more towards the, this is a bit of a disaster of a season because they were bookended with two really bad performances against your arch rival, the Green Bay Packers. Yeah. And I think that's what's so fascinating about this game that theoretically doesn't matter. The Bears can't make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. They've already been eliminated. But there is a lot still on the table for them to win and, and to achieve something with this season because going from five wins last year to eight, I think is a major improvement. I keep going back to what we saw from the Lions last year and how the Lions started the season 1-6 and six and then got really hot towards the end and had a chance to make the playoffs with a win at the end of the season. Now, earlier in the day, because it was the Sunday night game, earlier in the day, I believe the Seahawks won, so it knocked them out. So they yeah. knew that they couldn't make the playoffs going into that night game. But they didn't, it didn't matter to them. They wanted to play spoiler to a division leader, to, to a divisional foe like the, uh, the Packers, the, one of the rivals of the Lions, just like there are rivals the, the Packers are. So to me, you have that going for you. That's going back to what we said in the summer. Be the Lions from last year. I think if you go into Lambeau and you beat the Packers and Fields looks good and the defense stops Jordan Love, then you're putting the NFL on notice that says, hey, look, Justin Fields, he might be here, he might not be, but this Bears team is going to be something to be reckoned with. They've got a solid defense. They're a top 10 defense right now. Um, And if you go through starting next season, when you've got all the cap space in the world to spend, just like they had last offseason, when and that guys are going to be signed, so that's going to come down a little bit, like Jalen Johnson and stuff like that. But also you have two first-round picks, possibly the first overall pick that you keep, and you end up drafting a quarterback there, or you keep Justin Fields, or you trade down. and you like There's going to be so much that they're going to add to this team that you can put the NFL on notice and say, hey, remember the Lions last year? We're going to be the same thing. And what do the Lions do this year? They clinch the division. They're going to the playoffs. Yeah, and if you don't believe it, just look at the numbers. Since the start of November, the Bears are 5-3. and three. Since the start of November with Justin Fields as starting quarterback, they're 4-2. and two. So if you finish the season with a win and you finish 6-3 and three to end the season, that's a pretty good football team that you turned into halfway through the year. Mm-hmm. I'm not ignoring the 0-4 start. That was a disaster. Of course it was. The first month of this season was absolute trash. But if you finish the season on a run winning six of, of nine games, that's pretty good. You're, and, and to your point, you're turning the corner to a team that could be dangerous next season. You know, And that's where you would have to make the playoffs next year. To be successful next season, you have to make the playoffs. Oh, yeah. Blucky Abdal, all calls welcome. Friday night calls. It's sponsored by Tito's Handmade Vodka. We go to Mike in Lombard with all, all calls welcome on a Friday night. What's up, Mike? Hey, guys. I'm um, listening to the uh, end of the Waddle and Sylvie, and, and um, Abdallah, you were talking about the Kola guard? Yes. 
the poop in a box? Yes, poop in a box. I was wondering if you guys caught the uh, SNL skit earlier this year with Woody Harrelson. I did not. Oh, my God. One of the funniest bits I've seen in years. Uh, yeah, you got to YouTube it. Just, you know, SNL, Cola Guard, Woody Harrelson. It's one of the funniest things you'll ever see. And as far as the Bears, yeah, we are, we're, we're going to be hurting for our uh, secondary. Yeah, it doesn't look good. But uh, I still have, you know, faith in uh, Fields, and hopefully we can uh, pull out a win. Mike, for the uh, Woody Harrelson skit, what what was the basis? What was the, the, the funny part so, of it? So the uh, the box of poop, well the the cola guard. I'm watching right now. On, I see it. Knocked on the door, and uh, Woody answers, and it's it's just hysterical. And all isn't. <laughs> just gotta see it. It's funny. It's uh, the neighbors are watching him, like just like standing there talking to himself, and he, it's just it's assuming he's like tripping on something. Sure. Okay. You all right. We'll look watch, it up. Watch it. Listen to it. It's hysterical. All right. We got you down, Mike. Thanks for the phone right, call. Take care. Friday night calls. All calls welcome. We go to Willie and Hammond. You're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Willie? Hey, Black Adele. How you guys doing? What's up, man? Uh, nothing. I uh, got my Friday started with Carmen and Yurko over at BW3s. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah. Uh, man, Yurko can put down some chips, man. That guy, <laughs> he loves his chips. <laughs> that little microphone like thing that goes up, you know, he got that thing going up, chip in, and then right down. Oh yeah, all yeah. The, up and down all the time. Yeah, and he can also <laughs> talk while he does it. Yeah, I know. It's just incredible that you don't hear any chewing on the radio. It's, it's skill. Really, it's really something. He's yeah. a professional. <laughs> he is. So, uh, real quick, what my thoughts here are: being that so many quarterbacks went down this year, and the importance of a backup. I think we all love Fields. We want to keep him around. But what are the thoughts is if we, you know, we trade back, give up our first-round pick, but still get a quarterback like a like a Penix that's got a, a similar skill set to Fields, and start him as a as a you know have him as a backup, um, and you know and just double down on your quarterback situation. I just want to see what you guys thought about about that because. Yeah. I don't want to see Fields go, but I want to see us get a quarterback in this draft. Yeah, Willie, that's a good point. I think that uh, I would lean heavily towards, no matter what, drafting a quarterback. I think that's a good philosophy any season. Unless you have Joe Burrow, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen. Like, if you have one of those top guys, you don't need to do so. But if you're constantly looking for a quarterback, say Fields balls out on Sunday. It looks great. And they decide, you know what? The improvement we've seen from year two to year three is enough. He's going to continue to get better. We're bringing Justin Fields back. At some point, we're going to give him a contract extension. But let's use a fourth-round pick on a quarterback to try and develop. Or someone, if you find a way to move back into the second round, right now the Bears don't have a second-round pick, find yourself in the second round, maybe Michael Penix is available then. I wouldn't have a problem with that. I think Penix has been the best quarterback in college football in the past season. He's been outstanding. Yeah, I don't. I would not. Uh, I wouldn't draft a quarterback in the first round if they're keeping Fields, right? Like to me, if you're keeping Fields, you need to use that draft capital to fix the team immediately. And drafting a quarterback if you're keeping Fields doesn't fix the team immediately, right? They're not going to start. Okay, so to draft like Bo Nix or Penix, who I don't think are going to get out of the first round, to me would be a waste of a pick. Like you're not going to do what the Packers did and sit, you know, Penix for three years, four years and make him wait 
and then if Fields doesn't work out or moves on or whatever, then you start him. I need impact players right now if you're sure. keeping Fields. So I would go wide receiver, edge rusher most likely um, in the first round. That's what I would do. And so to me, I would if you're keeping Fields, I agree with you. Third round, fourth round, a Cam Ward, uh, Queen Ewers if he chooses to come out, uh, you know, any of those guys. So that's what I, I agree with you. I'm drafting a quarterback. But I'm not doing it in the first or yeah. second round because I need this team to get better right now. Because if you do keep Fields, you're going to have to give him a contract in two seasons, after the next two seasons. So I want to maximize my potential right now and what I can do. And getting a wide receiver, getting an edge rusher, getting a center in the second round, if you can get your second round pick back, picking up something in the third round, a quarterback in the third or fourth round, that's that's how I would lean. I'm not get, I'm not drafting... A quarter, something, uh, someone in the first round to just have them sit for three years. I'm guessing, though, based on what happens on Monday night in the national championship game, I'm guessing Michael Penix Jr. will not fall out of the first round. I don't think he makes it past 20. Yeah, like it, it would be nice to think that if the Bears could find a way to, to snag him in the second round, that like, yeah, he's your developmental guy. Uh, he's... He's played really well, 35 touchdowns, nine interceptions, mm-hmm. leads the team to the national championship game. He's 6'3", 216. Like he, and he looks, like the, he looks the part. He makes all the throws. Yeah, he makes all the decisions at the line. Like It looks legit. The problem with that is I don't think he's going to be available. And to Abdallah's point, I wouldn't use that like eighth pick for a quarterback. No. If the Bears are finding a way to, to double back and, and to trade back, and not have the number one pick anymore, then you've decided Justin Fields is your guy. Yeah, get impact players that are going to gonna affect him. the team right now. 312-332-3776. Angelo and Gurney, all calls welcome. What's up, Angelo? Hey, how's it going? What's up? Good, man. I have a question for you guys. Realistically, what do you think? you really think Ryan Poles is going to pass up a second year of not drafting a quarterback? In the first round, I know he can probably get a haul for the first pick this year, but I don't. I just want to get your thoughts realistically. Do you really think he's going to pass up the chance of drafting? Like I know this draft class was a lot better than last year's, so I want to get your thoughts on that. Yeah, and that's tough to say, Angelo. Thank you for the phone so call. I think he would if Fields plays well on Sunday and they believe that they can win with him because this is you know, and Kevin Warren. Uh, and his wife made a great donation to Lurie's Children's Hospital today. They donated a million dollars to Lurie's Children's. And he met the media, yep. and they asked him about the team and his thoughts on the team moving forward. And he said, we are building something here, and we will continue to build. And this isn't just Caleb or Justin or Drake May or Justin or Bo Nix or Justin. This is Justin with two potential first-round picks in 2025, two potential first-round picks in 2026. You have two first-round picks this year. Like, think of what you could do and how you could build your team for the future. Like, I think that this pick is way too valuable to draft one player when you could get potentially three first-round picks out of it because you would get this year's, you would drop a little bit, you could still get Marvin Harrison Jr. potentially. You would get whatever first-round pick you get next year and whatever first-round pick you get in 2026. And so, because that's the going rate. Like, that's what's reported. I'm not just making it up that they're going to get two extra first-round picks. That's what Jeremy Fowler from ESPN is reporting, that the, the pick is worth. Yeah. It is worth up to two extra first-round picks. That is way too much to me. To, because, like, 
right now you're looking at it. Okay, C.J. Stroud is great. C.J. Stroud is awesome. You could have taken C.J. Stroud. But you wouldn't have D.J. Moore. You wouldn't have Darnell Wright. And you wouldn't be in this position again this year right now if you would have taken C.J. Stroud. And C.J. Stroud might be a top 10 quarterback for the rest of his life, and that's cool. But if Justin Fields does turn out to be something special, you could build around this team. And look at what, like, I don't know if Jalen Hurts is still a top five quarterback. He's, I don't think he's played like a top five quarterback this year. I think he's regressed a little bit from that from last year. I don't know what we're going to think of him next year after, you know, maybe he regresses back to somewhere in the middle where like this year was a little bit down. Last year was really good. Maybe next year somewhere in the middle. But like if you could turn fields into Jalen Hurts and build what the Eagles built last year, where you have two stud wide receivers, you have one of the best offensive lines in football, you have a phenomenal defense, which the Bears already have. You can still win with Justin Fields and look at everything you're going to get back. Because think about it. You could do, let's say you trade with the, with the uh, Patriots. And the Patriots are bad again next year because the quarterback that they pick, Caleb Williams, doesn't pan out, right? And then you have another top five pick. You can do anything you want to with that. You could trade back. You could draft a player. You could do anything you want to. So there's too much value to me in that first round pick to not consider building around Justin Fields. I agree with you. Let me ask you this question. And, and this thought is, um, I heard someone else say it, so I'm going to give the credit because I don't want to steal the thought. I heard Colin Cowherd say this about Justin Fields <laughs> earlier today. He didn't compare him to airports or, uh, <laughs> Nash- or, or uh, Fortune 500 companies in different cities or backwards hats. Uh, but he did say this, and I thought it was interesting because I don't think we really think of it this way. When you look at Justin Fields, I know like I know what we want a quarterback to be. We want 300 yards passing. We want three or four touchdowns a game, no interceptions, and like we want a quarterback to throw the football mm-hmm. down the field. And you know what, what he said that I thought was interesting is he said something like Justin Fields isn't going to be that, but for the lack of throwing you also have to add in the running aspect of it. Mm-hmm. And he's giving you, if you look over Justin Fields' games in the last you know, couple of months, you know, just against the, the Falcons, 45 yards on the ground and a touchdown. Against the Cardinals, 97 yards on the ground, touchdown. Uh, against the Browns, 30 yards on the ground. Against the, the Lions, uh, the second game, 58 and a touchdown. You know, he's giving you 50 to 100 yards and a touchdown on the ground every single game. If you take that yardage and you pile it on top of the throwing yardage, mm-hmm. you get pretty close to 300 yards in many of these games, right? Of total yeah, offense do. being output from the quarterback. With that said, do we need to adjust the way that we look at the success for a quarterback with Justin Fields? Because he's never going to be the 335 guy, the guy throwing for 400 yards. He's going to be a guy that gives you 250 yards throwing, and he's going to give you 90 yards on the ground. And he's going to give you a couple touchdowns. And the one thing that we've pointed out this season, the turnovers have been limited through the air. Mm-hmm. If you want to eliminate those two Hail Mary throws against Cleveland, he's thrown seven interceptions. That's pretty good yeah. for a quarterback. Right? Absolutely. And so do we, is it being naive and just saying, no, 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 no. We need the guy to throw to 300 yards. Don't be stupid. Just draft the guy number one. Or can you win with a guy that's giving you 60, 70, 80 yards on the ground, and then also throwing for 230. Like, does 
can you get to the 300 number or the 300 plus with rushing yards and passing yards? And is that okay? See, I think that that passing number improves next year because you and I have talked to Tom Thayer on Bears Night in Chicago. You know, the, on Monday night, come hang out with us in Crystal Lake. We'll be at Fire Bar with TJ Edwards for Bears Night in Chicago. It's going to be awesome. Last one of the year. It's going to be a, make it a party. Come make it a party with us. It's going to be great. He told us that that center-to-quarterback exchange, the fact that it's so bad, makes that entire play fall apart yeah. from the millisecond that bad snap happens. Because why? Justin Fields' eyes have to come down to find the football, and then he has to look back up, and by then, it throws all of the timing off. If you improve the center position, and if you go out and you get Marvin Harrison Jr., if you get Roma Dunze, if you get Malik Neighbors, that is an instant upgrade over Darnell Mooney, over Tyler Scott, over whoever else is out there this year. If you have two stud wide receivers, I think that those passing numbers will come up next year closer and could be closer to 300 a game. Plus then you add in, let's say, 50 to 60 rushing yards a game, and you can be very successful with that. I think that the instant upgrade you're going to get with two stud wide receivers. And people will say, and I've seen it on Twitch, and I've seen it on Twitter, say, oh, well, the excuse was last year not a true, a true number one wide receiver. Now he needs two. Yeah, it's the NFL. Look at the NFL. The good teams have two true number one wide receivers. It's simple as that. Like, look at, look at the Bengals when Joe Burrow is healthy, having Jamar Chase and T. Higgins. Like, that's what you want to have. And so if you do that, and you get a guy who you, two guys who you know can Beat for 50, can beat a, a guy for 50 50 balls who can. DJ Moore has amazing yards after the catch. Like, if you have those two guys, I think that that total will go up regardless. He's not going to be stuck at, you know, 220 yards a game. I feel like that number will go up once you add a little bit more talent to this roster. Is it something that's possible? Is the running enough? to make up for the lack of the passing yards and the aerial attack that we see right now from the quarterback. And will that improve? And if that improves, plus the running, isn't that the ideal prospect? Isn't that exactly what you're hoping for? Yeah. The problem is he hasn't done it, right? Like The problem is, to this point, he's got like two or three games where he's passed really well. Outside of that, he's struggled. And that's what it is. He's struggled. He has, but I put the stock now into, and, and everyone, because this is now a national story, right, now that they've solidified the number one pick. Oh, it's not. It, this is the number one story in the National Football League. Is. This is the biggest story for the offseason, mm-hmm. uh, for talking heads on, on all the different shows on the NFL Network and ESPN in the last week. Like, this is the biggest story in football. And you're seeing more and more former players and former quarterbacks say, you can build around this guy. You can win with him. Give him more talent. We've seen the, now statistically, it's not the best jump, but use your own sources. Use source one and source two that are on your face, your eyes. He looks better than he did last year. He's playing better football than he did last year. I'm not seeing him look as confused as he did last year. Absolutely. Last year, there were times where he looked in over his head. This year, it doesn't seem to be that, and especially since the start of November. If If we go back to the... If we're, if we're grading this team on finishing out the season strong and finishing from November on going five and three and in field starts four and two, Justin has looked the part in many of these games. Mm-hmm. He doesn't look overwhelmed. And even, you know, one of those losses, the Lions game, he looked the part. And, and if we have to remind everyone, he made the kill shot throw. 
He made the throw, yep. and Scott dropped it. Yep. He made the throw yep. in pressure to beat the Lions on the road. He had a great game in that, that contest. He found DJ Moore over the middle. He was doing everything he needed to do. He, took, he let it rip. He went down the field for the win. Mm-hmm. His team let him down. You're hearing more and more former quarterbacks say that this guy is someone you can win with. And I feel like I trust guys that have played <laughs> more so than I trust, uh, you know, guys who um, don't necessarily haven't seen the field. Right. Like I like and this is not just me saying this. This is like Alex Smith. These are guys. These are guys. These are quarterbacks that have been successful. Guys that have started out for like Alex Smith was just like a ho-hum game manager. Right. And then he played really well. So I think that you can you can still build with Justin Fields. I think a lot of it will be figured out on Sunday, though. Like, I still think that this game against the Packers matters a lot. On this radio station, back in October, we had two former players saying, you got to keep Fields, you got to build around Fields moving forward. Yurko Mm -hmm. and Lance Briggs. Mm -hmm. They both were saying that on this station throughout this football season. Black and Abdal, all calls. Welcome Friday night calls at 312-332-3776. It's sponsored by Tito's Handmade Vodka. We'll take more of your calls. And can Justin Fields continue to improve? Do you think he'll continue to improve if the Bears hold on to him? We'll take your calls next. You're listening to Black and Abdallah. ESPN Chicago. This is Chicago's home for sports. Black and Abdallah are back. This is Chicago's home for sports. ESPN Chicago. On FM 100.3 HD2, the ESPN Chicago app, and ESPN 1000. Just trying to keep you healthy, man. Walking Abdallah here on ESPN 1000. The Modern ESPN medicine is a marvel. No, I yeah, don't, I don't disagree. Modern medicine is a marvel. I don't go disagree. To, go to the doctor. Chuck in Vermont listening <laughs> on the ESPN Chicago app. You're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Chuck? Hey, guys. Thanks for taking my call. Appreciate it. Love you guys. Every. Um, I'm just curious how come there's no uh, buzz about Sam Hartman being so well accomplished throughout his career at Notre Dame as well as uh, Georgia Tech. Sam Hartman and coming into the draft, he's not really a high level prospect. Uh, no one's really talking about. Him. Yeah, that's my point. How come yeah. after after everything he's done throughout the career? Yeah, I mean he he played well at Wake. He he led what he led the ACC in passing yardage right before he transferred yeah. to Notre Dame. Yeah, he had an okay year this year for Notre Dame. Yeah, wouldn't he wouldn't he be a serviceable backup if we keep Fields? Yeah, oh yeah, 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 yeah could, absolutely. Could certainly be a bad. I'm not, I'm not talking absolutely. like I'm not talking like a full blown first round starter off the bat kind of thing. I mean as a yeah as a as a journeyman. I, I would yeah. say they they also have their backup. I mean Tyler Bajan is a good backup. Tyson. Yeah, he was a he, he was a good little baller. So, but I appreciate the time, guys. Have a good night. Yeah, thanks, thanks for the call. So Chuck. Jordan Reed ranked the quarterbacks. He's currently ranked tenth uh, out of the quarterbacks. He's just behind Jordan Travis. Michael Pratt from Tulane, Spencer Rattler from South Carolina. And also, I don't know if Sam Hartman hasn't said that he hasn't declared yet from what I'm seeing online. No, he didn't play in their bowl game. No, he didn't. So he's, I mean, look, he's a top 10 quarterback. I'm seeing things that say, you know, late day three, possibly undrafted. Um, But, you know, you never know. I feel like you do. I I think you need to take a quarterback 
for an upgrade from Bajent. Like, Bajent's fine. I have no, no nothing wrong with Bajent, but I want another... I still think you should be drafting a quarterback every single draft. Yeah, I, I, I don't think that that's flawed logic because hopefully you hit on one and like if fields doesn't end yeah. up being the guy and you hit on someone then it all works out i think two things can be true bajan's a fine backup draft a quarterback every single draft right like what if queen Ewers falls to you and what if he decides to come out of college this year and go to the nfl draft and he's sitting there in the fourth round and you've got a couple fourth round picks okay take take queen Ewers, right like there's nothing wrong with having a better a better option at backup because every time we see a backup, like throughout all of this entire season, every, every time we fall in love with a backup, what happens? They become a backup quarterback. Like they come back down to earth. It's why they are where they are. That's why they're a backup quarterback. And it happened with Bajan too. So yeah, he's going to get more experience because he's got another year under his belt and that's fine. But that doesn't mean you shouldn't draft another backup quarterback. Marco on the West side, you're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Marco? Hey guys, how you doing? Good, man. Okay, I got a couple things to say real fast, and then I'll let you guys go and answer any questions. But what is this generational talent that Williams is supposed to be? Let's go back 2019, Justin Fields coming out of college. He threw for 3,276 yards with 51 touchdowns, and I think those are a combined passing and rushing. 2022, Caleb Williams throws for 3,000 645 yards, and he's got 41 touchdowns. What is this generational talent? And Justin Fields led his team to the finals in the playoff system. I don't think Caleb Williams has done that at all. So what makes him better coming out of college to lead an NFL team that Justin Fields didn't prove in college? He threw for six touchdowns against uh, uh, Trevor Lawrence in that game that they beat, and then they got whacked again uh when they played georgia i'll 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 stop and listen to you guys because you guys are the professionals thank you marco i i'd say this uh caleb williams his arm is ridiculous uh he's made plays in the last two seasons that are crazy and the comparables to patrick mahomes in the highlights they look like the same right Mm -hmm. i think you do have to take a a grain of salt with some of that and look at the competition that caleb williams was playing against in some of those highlights, especially early in the season against teams that were no good, like Colorado, you know, at the time, everyone thought Colorado was this fantastic uh, mm-hmm. team, and, and they turned out to lose their final six games of the season. I would say he can make all the throws. Yeah. He absolutely can. He's elusive in the pocket. He can move. He's not as big or fast as Justin Fields, but he can make all of the throws. That's what the scouts are looking at. And his season last year was incredible. Winning the Heisman Trophy and all the stats, the eye-popping stats they put up this past season, he struggled. Yeah, He wasn't as good this past season. He did throw for 30 touchdowns. He only had five interceptions. But I think he was tied for fourth in most fumbles for quarterbacks in all of college football last season. Mm -hmm. So... That's what they see. They see a guy at USC the last two seasons that was great with his arm, taking chances, throwing the football in tight spots, and then also just being able to wow people by keeping plays alive and then finding guys down the field. But would you agree that the knocks on Justin Fields 
are kind of the same knocks on Caleb Williams. They're the same. He's holds smaller, the, though. He's smaller. He's smaller. He's, he's smaller. smaller. He holds on to the ball holds too on long. Holds on to the ball too long. And he's loose with the football. Yep. He holds it in one hand down by his hip, which is easy to get knocked out by defensive ends or defensive players. Mm-hmm. When he tries to leave the pocket, it gets bobbled out many times. It's the same thing with Justin Fields. The same thing, except he's smaller. Yeah. And I'm not saying that Caleb Williams is going to be successful, but I just think that there's when you when you look at why he's generational or why they say he's generational, is it just because they say he's generational? Like I know he can make all the throws and step up in the pocket and all that kind of stuff, but he wasn't a Heisman candidate this year. He did win the Heisman last year or two years ago. He I listen, I I hang out with you it's more than I hang out with my wife some weeks, right? And coming in on Mondays and getting text messages from you during USC games. Yeah, like, he was extremely frustrating to watch. But he did cost them games as well. Yeah, he, he is, um, he's just, the way I would put it is, I don't think he's a bad guy. I think he's a fine guy. I, I think he's the type of guy that when things are going well, he he's great. Yeah. But when USC was faced with adversity... He was yelling at people on the sidelines. He was, you know, he hangs his head. He bad body language, a lot of sulking, a lot of blaming interceptions on others. Like that's the thing that this team, sure, they've improved here down the stretch. So maybe they're ready, Ray made to win next season, and you slot Caleb Williams in, and boom, the Bears are off and flying. Yep. They're ready to go. They win the Super Bowl. Everything's great. I just think that he's the type of quarterback. If you put him on a bad team. I don't know if he's going to pull that bad team out of bad. Well, you, know, like, you know, like some situations, a guy shows up and then like they can't fix what's around them. Well, I don't know if Caleb Williams is that type of player. I think he would be more successful here than if he went to New England right away. Because New That's England, what I'm saying. New England doesn't have any weapons. That's what I'm saying. New, like The Bears have DJ Moore and they could potentially draft Caleb Williams and then Roma Dunze or Malik Neighbors. I could see if he goes to a place that's absolute trash... I could see him struggling, trying to make these plays, getting sacked in the pocket, fumbles, and just doing too much, but like not really having success. And that's where he, to me, watching just the games, it seems like he's a bit of a, a guy that when things are going great, he's mm-hmm. he's all about it. But when things are, are rough, he's not really um, interested in rolling up his sleeves and getting to work and, and figuring out another team when it's difficult. Yeah. You know, the, the, the Notre Dame game... He essentially, the game was over by halftime because of his terrible decision-making at the stop of the game. Yeah. Like that, it was because of his poor decision-making and just throwing the football away against Ordain. It seemed like he didn't want to be there. The game was tough. It was a little cold. He didn't want to be there. And that, that's what it felt against Ordain. It wasn't they, even that cold out. No, it was in like the 40s. Yeah. It was like the 40s to the nice 50s. Night. It was like early October game. Yeah. But he, he just seemed like from the jump, because things weren't going their way, he was like, oh, screw it. I'm just going to throw it away. Mm-hmm. And that's how he played. Yeah. I, but you're right. The Bears have improved enough in the last year. Like maybe they're ready for him. Maybe he shows up here. And he becomes the best quarterback the city's ever seen. And he takes his team to the playoffs and to a Super Bowl. It, it's possible. I, I Maybe the infrastructure's here. Yeah, it might be. And that's, that's why this decision for Ryan Poles is absolutely massive. Because you could either set up your franchise for the next three, four years with multiple first-round picks. Or you could take the guy that could take your franchise to the next level. Or he could be a bust 
and you had a chance to fleece someone for a quarterback that doesn't pan out. We all thought two years ago, was it two years ago? Three years ago? Mac Jones, three years ago? Three years ago, right? Yeah. No, two years ago. And uh, we thought the bet he was going to be the best because because yeah. of the infrastructure. Because, oh, man, if he goes to the Patriots, they've got the infrastructure. they got one of the best coaches in the NFL. Like, and then now what? Benched. So it, it is all about what you have around you. If, if Caleb Williams comes here with DJ Moore and another wide receiver that they end up drafting – and they draft a center, and you've got one of the better offensive lines, yeah, he could, he could succeed right away. Or he could, you know, they could lose the first four games again, and they could struggle, and he could end up being a pouty face. The question was about uh, Caleb Williams as, like, a prospect. Yeah. His recruiting profile in 24-7, uh, he was the seventh highest prospect in the 2021 class. That's pretty good. He was the second-ranked quarterback. So, mm-hmm. I mean... Was that- it Justin Fields first? Justin Fields wasn't because Trevor Lawrence was always ahead of him. It was always, it was always him, yeah. Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields. Yeah. Those are the two for the recruiting classes. But for the class I of 2021, Caleb Williams was the seventh highest ranked player heading into that year, and he was the second quarterback. So huh? it's pretty high. I mean, he's yeah. got he's got the pedigree. It's not like he just showed up on the scene at Oklahoma and was just boom immediately. So like he was a highly recruited player. Oh so. yeah. Blocking Abdallah here on ESPN 1000, the ESPN Chicago app. We'll continue taking your calls. All calls welcome on a Friday night. And we have a song of the night coming up next. Chicago's home for sports. Black and Abdallah. ESPN Chicago. On a Friday night, all calls welcome. Friday night calls. It's sponsored by Tito's Handmade Vodka. We'll continue with your calls. We're talking Bears football, getting you ready for the football weekend. Week 18 in the NFL. The Bears will be on the road against the Green Bay Packers. Black Abdallah will be here at 11 a.m. on Sunday, getting you ready for Bears Packers from 11 to 1. We'll have the pre-pre-show. We'll get you ready, Bears Packers. And then Sylvie, Dion, and Lance, they'll take over at 1. They'll take you to kick. Kickoff is scheduled for 325 Bears Packers at Lambeau Field. And you'll listen to the game right here on ESPN Chicago starting at 325. Joniak and Thayer on the call of the game. We'll get to the song of the night in just a moment. But Ryan in Wicker Park, you're on ESPN 1000. All calls welcome. What's up, Ryan? Hey, guys. Uh, Long-time listener. I was wanted to call in. I never really have. But uh, just have to this time because i got to set uh, Chicago straight. Yeah. You know, I think if you can get three first-round picks for, for that number one overall pick, you do it. It's a no-brainer, right? And, and I don't even know that you need to draft a quarterback this year. I mean, you know, history shows that those teams that go up and get those first-round quarterbacks, they're picking high in the next rounds anyway, similar to this year. We went, now we got number one overall. You know, I look back to 2016 with the Los Angeles Rams, right, trading up with Tennessee to go get Jared Goff, who was a pretty talented quarterback coming out, right? Uh, that their pick in the next year for Tennessee ended up being number five overall. You could look at the same thing with the Russell Wilson trade, right? I mean, the, you know, Denver goes out and gets him, thinking they're a quarterback away, mm-hmm. and then they're picking five you know, next, uh, you know, as as a result of that pick, right? So it's not that you're not going to be positioned to get a quarterback again, you know. And I think, uh, I mean, Fields has just shown you some magic, right? I mean, he can do things that no other quarterback in the league can do. I mean, he's outrunning defensive backs. Outrunning, you know, with everybody in the field. 
you know, I think you got to give this guy some time to give him some weapons. And, hey, if it doesn't pan out, you'll have a, a plethora of picks to go move around and get some in a few years. You don't have to pay him next year, right? you got some time to figure it out. And then we have Tyson Bajan, right? Uh, Division two, that guy, the NFL is a big step for him. Give him some time to develop, right? He won two NFL games. And you go get weapons and put around with him. I mean, look at what they're doing in San Francisco with Brock Purdy, right? Yeah, you know, and a couple more things. When you look at, like, PFF, you know, average yards of separation, the Bears are in the bottom 10 of the league, right? And that's with D.J. Moore. So how much is he, he helping their number a little bit? Yeah. You look at the top teams in the league, you got San Francisco at number one. You know, you got the Miami Dolphins at number two and the Lions at number three, where Jared Goff's having a resurgent career, right? You got to go get these other players. Fields, in my opinion, is showing you enough to be the guy going forward, especially with the attitude in Chicago, right? And, you know, you look at a guy like Caleb Williams, you know, not talking to the media, uh, you know, the, the fingernail pain, which is one thing aside. I don't really care about that if you play football, right? But in Chicago, they will eat you alive if you're going to do that stuff, right? And, and Fields has gone in every press conference, never threw anybody under the bus. Uh, I mean, he's just shown so much of those intangibles. And then again, just a freakish for every bad turnover he may have or interception or anything like that. I mean, just when he can hit the emergency button and pull the Houdini stuff we saw, and we see time and time again, I mean, how could you not ride that, that ticket out? Thanks for the call, Ryan. Call again, okay, man? Yeah, we will do. Absolutely. I, I will say this. The one thing that, uh, that Ryan really points out there, the players love Justin Fields. Yeah. The locker room is still behind Fields. Yeah, there is something, though, that there might not be that pressure to make the playoffs next season. No, they got to make the playoffs next year. I'll tell you after we do Song of the Night. Wow, what a, a tease. what a tease. Whoa, that, that was a greeny tease. That was good. Wink. Four minutes. Wink. Wow, that's a tease. All right, song, a of night. song of the Night. I want to Song of the Night. The best hey, song. Turn up the volume and don't touch that dial because dial. it's time for... What dial? There, there's no dial on my phone. Yeah, it's just an... Exp- ah, never mind. Crank the volume because it's time for Black and Abdallah's Song of the Night. Yo, Liz. Someone wake up Cap. It's his uh, favorite guy, Bruce Springsteen. Grown up from 1973. It's your Song of the Night. There you go, Cap. I stood stone like at midnight Suspended in my masquerade And I combed my hair that was just right And commanded the night brigade I was hoping to Listening to Growing Up off of Greetings from Asbury Park. Well, it's a debut album from Bruce Springsteen, and it was released on January 5th, 1975. This date in 1973. Excuse me, 73. It's regarded as one of the 500 greatest albums of all time, which recently got a couple uh, nine additions uh, to that list from Rolling Stone. So uh, it came in at uh, number 390, 379, the 500 greatest albums of all time, and it's great as also regarded as one of the 100 greatest debut albums 
of all time. And this was obviously Bruce Springsteen's uh, debut album, and he's been making music forever. He's 74 years old right now. Um, I have never seen Bruce Springsteen in concert before. Do you want to? Yes. Really? I, okay. Yeah, like, okay, here's, if Cap called me and was like, hey, Sparkles. Hey, hey, what's up, Sparkles? Hey, Abdel. Bruce is playing Wrigley tonight, or United Center, or Soldier, whatever. I got an extra. You want to go? I would say yes. Do you have to pay for the ticket? I got an extra. I would say yes. Okay, so if it's on Cap, you would go. Yeah, like if it's face value, I'd pay. I would go and I would get the cocktails. Yeah, I would get a cocktail for Cap. I like going to concerts. I like seeing people perform. He is supposedly puts on one of the best shows ever, even at age 74. I've heard so that as well. I would like to see, I would go see Bruce Springsteen. I'm not a big fan of his music. I don't hate it as much as I dislike other people's music. But uh, I w- I'd go see him. I think he puts on a good show. You know, uh, baseball writers around town are just like perking up right now because oh, Spring yeah. Scene's playing on yeah, a sports absolutely. radio station. Absolutely. This is their... Uh, dream well it's this it's pearl jam and it's uh who's that country singer that everybody loves now um country singer yeah he's like a country guy i'll think of it all right bruce springsteen growing up from 1973 it's your song of the night jason isbell 